Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, a very special week of your favorite weekly podcast about the Vampire Diaries, in which there is no Jeremy Gilbert. Hallelujah. My name is Claire. I am joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we're joined once again by the illustrious Mike Kane, who is here to share his joy and enthusiasm for his favorite episode of the show. It's the best episode. <laughs> so I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Mike had to watch ahead on the show because he got so addicted to it. It's just easy to to turn on and then just oh, like, oh, no, 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 because like the um, like the structure of the show that there's like all these cliffhangers that when, when you guys first started doing it, I was okay. like, I'll watch a little bit. Whoa, what happened? Whoa. That's ridiculous. And then it got to the point like where it's such a ridiculous show that I just kind of started watching to see how much further it goes. And I think this one is up there in the utter ridiculousness of where the origins came from. And spoiler, when they got to Mystic Falls, Virginia. (laughs) Yes, it is quite a fanciful episode. There's a lot going on. We learn that Alaric is somehow secretly brilliant and can read all of these ancient languages. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So this episode (laughs) is called Ordinary People, which is very ironic because it's about some extraordinary people. But they did start off ordinary. It's true. I guess that ties into something that Elena says at the end of the episode. But uh, spoiler alert, this is the big originals flashback episode where we learn all about the original family and how they came to be and we started off where we ended last week on the cliffhanger of oh my god cave drawings what could it mean (laughs) right so Alaric and Elena are exploring the cave underneath um, the Lockwood Manor I guess Um, And Damon is down there, and he, as we remember from last week, has been trapped because there's some sort of enchantment that's been put um, in the cave so that he can't cross a certain threshold. Yeah, so he keeps on bringing humans down there with him, but then he doesn't get to join the party. Right. Poor Damon, he can't break that glass ceiling. (laughs) Uh, I like to see Damon struggle, not gonna lie, was happy with this. But uh, this is Elena's first time in the cave. Alaric has been down there before and has prepared a history lecture. Uh, but before they get there, they have to like prank Elena by saying, "Oh, watch out for bats!" And Damon like pops out of a spooky corner, and it's just like, "You get men. You can't take them anywhere." I know that really annoyed me. I was like, "It's spooky enough down here. Stop trying to scare Elena extra for no reason." <laughs> Uh, but they finally make it into the cave, just Alaric and Elena, and she's like, what is all of this? And Alaric's like, it's ancient writings, Elena. Like, he was so in- insufferable this whole episode, I felt like. <laughs> he was he- really excited to, like, know something. <laughs> he was. But, like, do high school uh, history teachers normally understand ancient languages? Oh, or did yeah, they learn they're, all of this they at are all... Isabel's research? <laughs> He's clearly... Also, like, a expert archaeologist who's just ended up as, like, like a second-string substitute history teacher in Mystic Falls, Virginia, like any archaeologist. Maybe he was just a classics major. Maybe. Or that. But he says that 
aside from the drawings, there's some writing in the cave that's in runic, a Viking script from ancient times. Wow. So they look around at some of the pictures, and then he shows a list of names, and it starts with Niklaus, and then Elijah and Rebecca, and it's like, whoa. It's the old crew. (laughs) How did they get their names here? And then the big reveal. Bum, bum, bum. Michael. Oh, yes. So Michael's name is there because he is, as Damon calls him, Papa Original. Which, when they first made this reference at the beginning of the episode, I didn't understand why Damon was calling him Papa Original. I thought he was just being like... Notorious B.I.G. fan. Yeah, daddy fetish. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But, yes. So at this moment, too, we get our first flashback of the episode. Yeah, we do. And it is amazing. So apparently we're flashing back to ancient Viking times. Yeah. Like, what time period are we in? Because I don't think they said the year, did they? They did reference a thousand years ago. So I think we're looking at, like, the 11th century. Okay. Regardless, well before people... Christopher Columbus. Before Christopher (laughs) Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And Rebecca is in the cave carving her name into the wall and she's wearing a flowing dress and she has her hair in intricate braids with flowers in it and she looks very nice Mm because it's olden times and they have just like a closet full of peasanty dresses probably at the CW offices that they pulled out for this. (laughs) And amazingly uh, with her is Klaus who is wearing the best slash worst wig. It is such a wig. It is long and blonde and scraggly. Yeah. It, he looks terrible. He looks so bad. It doesn't even look like him. Yeah. I don't know if, like, the wig line is quite correct. Yeah. There's something off about it. <laughs> there is. Uh, we'll have to put, put some pictures on our Instagram. We promise we'll actually do it this time. We've been a little remiss, so we're going to bomb you with some content. Yes. Uh, but, yes, that is our first taste of ancient originals wigs. It only gets better from here. <laughs> but they're just, like, hanging out in this creepy cave, carving their names for some reason, and Klaus is like, Ooh, Dad wouldn't like you having that knife, Rebecca. Women are not supposed to do that. Yeah, this was a very odd exchange because it didn't really add much to the plot, I thought. But it made me like Rebecca because she said, If I want to wield a blade, I shall wield a blade. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, she held her own. I think it's just a big setup to to be like, Michael's a jerk. Yeah. And he's a hard ass. And also, men have been terrible since the dawn of time. And yeah, also that. Maybe just setting the time period a little bit more and show that Rebecca's always been a rebel. Yeah. But they also, like, mention that they're both really scared of their dad. Right. Which is a bummer. It is. And this is the first time that we hear them say what is the original sibling's catchphrase, apparently. Always and forever. So original. Because they have to stick together against their asshole dad. I feel like that's the plot of many sibling-based movies and shows. I know Ordinary People is a movie. Was that kind of about that? I have 
no idea what Ordinary People is about. The only thing I know about Ordinary People is that they reference it on the first episode of Party Down, and I also didn't understand the reference then. I missed that show. (laughs) So, unlike last week's episode, Ghost World, I have no knowledge of the source of the title. So, all of this has happened before we get the title screen. So, we have... Um, We can't forget that also in this scene... Rebecca hands the knife to Klaus, blade first, and slices his palm just so she can make a sassy quip about, like, men handling the knives. Right. Yes. That was good. That was good. (laughs) I almost forgot about that. I will never forget. It goes to show that people cutting themselves in the palms has been a great tradition for many, many years since ancient times. Yes. So yeah, all of this has happened in the first three, four minutes of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get the title screen here. So we know we're in for a good one. And then this terrible, like, what did you call it? A spoon cover band? Yeah, it was a spoon (laughs) cover band. It's like whistly, cheerful music while Alaric is just like snapping pics of the cave drawings. It sort of reminded me of like, the Dandy Warhols back in the day. It sounded like them, but I know it wasn't them. No, it was like an off-brand version of them, like a cover. No, it was version. exactly. <laughs> I'm actually fairly certain it was Foster the People, just because now that I have Foster a car. The people was around then. I don't was, know anything that about Foster. Was only the from people. like ten years ago. I know that that they've been around that long. All right, we're well, old. We'll see. Holy shit! Well, let's pause and look it up. Yeah, we could look it up. All right, so we are back from our brief Googling break, and it turns out that Mike is correct, and it wasn't a spoon cover band. It was actually Foster the People who was singing the song in this scene. Yes. The only reason I know this is not because I'm Foster the People's number one fan in all of the world. Okay. Shh, guys. But it's because it's on the radio all the time, even now. And now that I have a car, when I drive to work, I hear it. A few times a week. Are you listening along? to nine or one one point nine the mix? I think I am actually. <laughs> it's one oh one something. I wanna say it's one oh one three, but maybe it is one oh one nine. I don't know. I don't even live in Chicago anymore, so <laughs> what am I talking about? So yes, it's Foster the People. Apologies to Foster the People, we have just dragged you hard. <laughs> we it's did. mostly that it's just like very jarring that suddenly this cheerful song is playing in, in a cave. Right. Yes. It it is misplaced for sure. Uh, which is really the through line of all Vampire Diaries songs. It's there's always just a very tonally inappropriate song playing in the background. <laughs> yes, it wouldn't be the show without it. So yeah, Alaric is snapping pictures of all of the cave drawings so that he can index and translate them later. Um, and we have Elena. Oh, and then we go over to. I guess the Salvatore boarding house. Oh no, it's Alaric's apartment. Oh, it's it had Alaric's the bombed out wall. Oh right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so that's apparently just like their equivalent of the library and Buffy. It's just where they all congregate to like work out or train or <laughs> research. Shout out to Buffy as always. Um, Yay. Yeah. So Alaric is like standing at this big like drafting table covered in photos. While behind him, Damon and Elena are having, like, a sexy training session again. Yeah. Kind of like their sexy anatomy lesson from previous episode, uh, where he's, like, trying to teach her to stake vampires, I guess, but also just, like, touching her all over. He also did go in for a sexy neck bite at one point, if you noticed. Of course. 
And she was very jovial about it. And Alaric is just not even acknowledging that it's happening. Because it's very rude to do that in front of your boyfriend. Like, come on, Damon. I know. Alaric's absorbing himself in his work, so he doesn't need to think about it. And And they just started being buds again. I know. But It was just weird because I... I feel like they're just picking up this, like, Elena needs to be able to defend herself storyline, like, randomly when they need something for her to do in a scene. They probably should have been doing that, like, from the moment she found out that vampires were a thing. Right. So just true. saying. <laughs> so they finally deign to acknowledge that Alaric is in the room, and he's like, I can't figure out what this means or this means, or how it all goes together. And so Elena's like, well, why don't we just go to the source? Because there is an original on the cheerleading squad, very accessible to our friends. Yes. So we hop over to the school where Rebecca is just doing like Olympic level backflips and gymnast moves across like the quad or whatever in front of the school. It is ridiculous. You know what it reminds me of is the scene in Bring It On where they're like doing the audition and Eliza Dushku is like too much of a rebel. They don't like her. So they're like do this ridiculous string of gymnastics oh, and right. she does it and they're like oh my god <laughs> yes oh my god what a good moment in our culture it's oh, also funny movie. because like she's been awake out of her sleep from the 20s for like a week and she's yeah. doing like these high grade gymnastic moves and you know I don't know if you ever saw like footage of like gymnastics yeah. Olympic gymnastics from like the 50s like they would literally like walk across the the balance beam and that was like a major feat of athleticism or the floor routine was mostly them doing like splits and tumble sets like that sort of gymnastic stuff yeah she's really adapted and learned a lot in a very short amount of time about how to be modern like she speaks in a very modern way already like they haven't even tried to do like a fish out of water like (laughs) Oh, this is crazy. I woke up in a new century, like Captain America kind of thing. She was very down on the fashion of the day, too, when she first woke up, and she seemed to to uh, be a bit of a fashionista now. She's embraced her new life, that's I mean, for sure. When you've been al- alive for a thousand years or whatever, I guess you have to learn to adapt quickly, but it is it does strain credulity a little bit. <laughs> yes. Especially the gymnastics. Like, not that totally. she can do them, but that she would even know what they are. Right. Did she just wake up and immediately watch, like, the Olympics for the past 50 years? I hope so. That would make me really happy. I feel like that's what you would do, Mike, if you were asleep for 90 years. You'd be like, well, first I have a backlog of Olympics to watch. <laughs> I would. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> I know. an Olympics nerd. I know they're bad and evil and horrible and everything, but god damn it, I can't help but watch them when they're on. <laughs> Meh, there you go. You and Rebecca would be a good match. Uh-oh. So, Rebecca ends her floor routine, and Elena walks up to her and pretty much just starts some beef with her. She's like, she's like, hey, I have some questions for you. And she gets to the point pretty quick, and she's just like, where's, or like, why have you spent a thousand years running from your father, right? Doesn't yeah. she just come straight out and say it? And Rebecca's like, um, like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is none of your business. Like, please leave me alone. And Elena's like, just pushing her hard to Mm -hmm. answer this question. And she's like, and Rebecca's like, listen, bitch, you do not want to wake Michael up 
And Elena's like, why? <laughs> and Rebecca's like, he's a vampire hunter. He's going to kill us all. And Elena, like, won't take that as, like, a sufficient answer for why they should not wake Michael up. And they want to, Elena wants to wake Michael up because he's the only person who can kill Klaus and she wants to save Stefan and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so her plan is that if she gets the whole story from Rebecca, they'll be able to figure out how to find Michael. But they already know where Michael is because Catherine's hanging out with him. So I don't really understand this whole plotline, but it's just a really good way to set up all these amazing flashbacks. Yes. And I think we get another one here now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the best one so far because Elijah isn't it more wigs oh my god his wig it's long and luxurious does it have like some kind of like little tendrils pulled back in a ponytail yeah it has like a half pony type thing going on it's very good he's wearing an ancient viking version of a muscle tee which I really (laughs) appreciated it's like a leather vest and his hair is so dark it's like a very dark chestnut yes it doesn't match his complexion I felt like at all and there was something jacked with his wig line too (laughs) there was but uh he and Klaus are sword fighting as brothers do and Klaus is, like, giving some sass. And then the parents, uh, Michael and Esther, come strolling up. And Michael goes from zero to, like, pissed in negative two seconds. I don't know if I missed something, but... He, like, cut Elijah's belt off or something. Oh. And that was just... Klaus cut Elijah's belt off mm-hmm. during their sword During their, fight. like, uh-huh. sword fight. Okay. And it seemed to be pretty joking. Elijah didn't even seem that broken up about it. Yeah. But Michael was like, how dare you? Michael was mad that he was, like, goofing around. So he forces uh, Elijah to give up his sword so he can sword fight his son and, like, scream at him. And all I wrote here was Michael sucks. Yeah, he, like, pinned Klaus to the ground and then pretended like he was going to stab him through the head, but then stuck the sword in the ground like right next to his face so it was very scary and he was just screaming at him for no reason he's like you think you're so cool now look at this yeah jackass right it's like what the fuck is your problem Uh, i know jesus michael's got issues i hate him already but then i think we go back to alarix where he is still decoding some runes yes but he's one more step in the process now and he's labeling all of the pictures with post-it notes of what the symbol represents. I propose of nothing. He just knows magically, I feel like. He can read this He's like, this script. one's a sun with fangs underneath it. Vampire. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one's a moon with fangs under it. Werewolf. I liked this but scene, this too. But this one, because... this one's a mystery. Hmm. Yes. I liked this scene, too, because Claire thought that the pad of sticky notes was just a very tiny notebook. I did, and I was really excited yes. that he had a tiny notebook, and then I was wrong, and I was sad. It would have been so good. I just prefer to think that Alaric has a very tiny notebook. I remember having really tiny notebooks, like, as a preteen. Yeah. I had one that was, like, a keychain, and it was, like... The size of, it was like half the size of a matchbook. Yes! Oh my god, I had one of those, too. You could write, like, two... Two letters on each line. But I tried. It didn't stop me. Yeah, like, I don't know. I had a very large keychain collection when I was, like, 12 because my mom would always let me buy a keychain when we were at the dollar store. So I feel like keychains were a thing back then. I think they were. Because I had some, too. I like animal keychains. Ooh. 
Mike, did you have a keychain collection? Not a collection, but I remember having like, you know, almost like Spencer's gift esque mm. oh, keychains like, that I thought uh-huh, that like had curse words on them <gasps> and stuff, and be oh like, my God. like I hope the world bur- or I hope they bury me upside down so the world could kiss my ass. Oh my God! I mean, Mike. how? How 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 scandalous is that really? I, I bet you've never you heard that before. How are you not in jail? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm on one of the, the lucky right few, you guys. <laughs> so anyway, the vampire uh, Yes. Um, so okay, Alaric's labeling pictures with post-its, and Elena decides to give Damon a call. I think next. Yeah, and he's uh, back at the boarding house checking on Stefan, who we might remember is in one of the cells downstairs. Right. So Elena's like, how is Stefan? And Damon says he's pasty and pouty, which is accurate. Right. Because he's been in that dungeon. um, And I like this version of Stefan better than the boring version of Stefan, to be honest. Yeah, he has a personality. It's amazing. He does. He's very sassy and doesn't give a fuck. And he's super hungry. Yeah. As the vampires should, you know, like yeah. they're vampires. Why, like, they're they're at their best when they don't give as many fucks about things and just do their thing. I think that's true. I'm yeah. coming to this realization as well. They're much more entertaining that way. Yeah, yeah, that's for damn sure. So, I think Damon originally goes in just to kind of like check up on Stefan. He calls it like the sibling visitation day and um Stefan's like pretty fed up and he's just like you know get away from me I don't want anything to do with you blah 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 and Damon's like wow you really have given up and Stefan's like what are you talking about like this is my happy face and he looks so pained and sweaty and pasty and gross and Damon is pretty much like all right, well, I'm over it. Let's screw this Lexi recovery plan in which Stefan is deprived of blood for 10, 20, 30 years until he regains his humanity. So Damon releases him from all of his chains and they decide to hit the road for some brotherly bonding. They both need a drink. Right. Yeah. At some point in this scene also... uh they mention Elena's plan and Stefan is like, oh yeah, Elena's plans always work out so well. <laughs> right. I enjoyed a Stefan who can like throw shade. His moment of clarity. Yes. That was really good. When he's not so like disgustingly in love with Elena that he can actually acknowledge her shortcomings. Right. It's like very true Stefan, very true. So they are off on their own adventure and Meanwhile, Elena is still with Alaric, and he is questioning her plan to talk to Rebecca. Like, why would she even want to talk to you? That doesn't make any sense. And at that exact moment, she gets a text from Rebecca like, hey, come over. Right. (laughs) And she's like, there are different rules with high school girls or something stupid like that. Yeah. I didn't like, like that. No, I didn't either. It was weird. It also just didn't make any sense. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, this is a cheerleader, so I know what I'm doing. All right. You're not even on the squad anymore, Elena. Shut up. <laughs> no. You gave up cheerleading after your parents died. Remember, it was a whole plot point in season one. Oh, the simpler times. Speaking of which, where's Caroline in this episode? I don't know. Oh, we no. There's no Caroline, Caroline either. She wasn't even or Tyler. practice. Yeah, a lot of people were missing this episode. Caroline 
Tyler, Matt, and Jeremy were all gone. And Bonnie was only in for like a scene. Yeah, she was yeah. just hanging around in the background a little bit. Uh, but Elena gets that text and she goes over to the boarding house because that's where Rebecca's living at the moment. And I wrote down here that Rebecca greets her with, hey, what's up? Like, you just woke up after being in the 20s, and you already just have completely picked up modern speech. Right. Also, because I'm a dweeb who likes to nitpick things, isn't isn't the boarding house in, like, Elena's name or someone's now? Yeah, Elena's they put it in Elena's name. I think that might have broken when they did the sacrifice, though, because she technically died. Oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking about that. I was like, wonder, like, couldn't she just make Rebecca leave? Like, why did? How does Rebecca get? Well, you don't even disinvite somebody from your house. Uh, yeah, once they've been invited in. But, but like, when how she originally she came in, came in she just walked in. Yeah, so yeah. it must have reverted back to the Salvatore family or something. And there, uh, as far as we know, are no other living Salvatores. We so. also know that this show has airtight logic in in True. its plot lines and stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. So Rebecca has assembled a group of young ladies wearing dresses. <laughs> I was gonna try to find a way to describe them like prom dresses, but it's not for the prom. It's for no, homecoming. It's like, yes. it's like a Forever Twenty One yeah. sales rack, like shiny satin, mm-hmm. like fake satin. And they were all really ugly, but Rebecca's like, which one should I wear to the homecoming dance? And Elena's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you invited me over to see a fashion show of compelled cheerleaders? I'm not here to help you shop. I'm here to talk about your dad who wants to kill you. (laughs) Right. And Rebecca does not take kindly to this. So as soon as Elena mentions Michael slash Papa original slash Rebecca's dad, she... Rebecca runs over to one of the quote-unquote models and pretty much threatens to feed on her if Elena doesn't change the subject. Yeah, so Elena's like, oh, find the red one. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess was the least ugly out of all of them. Like, it was okay. Uh, I did, it had a kind it had of like sweetheart an, neckline. Yeah. It was strapless, which I'm never really a fan of. No, and it had an extra, like, bunch of ruffles down the middle. But like a peplum? Yeah. I don't know. Rebecca could pull it off, though, if anybody could. Yeah, we'll see if we get to see her in it. But... Elena is playing along for the moment, and Rebecca, like, gets up in her face and says some threatening things. Right, so Rebecca's pretty much like, listen, I'll tell you about Michael, but you will learn at the pace that I want you to learn, and you will only know what information I want you to know. And Elena's like, fine, whatever, sounds good. And there's no real reason for Rebecca to, like, tell Elena anything in this episode, no. That's like the one failing of this episode. They fail to adequately like justify why she's telling this story. But maybe she just wants to talk about her fucked up family because she doesn't have a therapist apparently. Right. I think like maybe towards the end of the episode they try to indicate that Rebecca is looking for a friend. Mm. When uh, we'll talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. But thank God that she does tell the story because we get so many flashbacks. But uh, first, we can go back to Alaric's where Bonnie's popped in to deliver the necklace, which they destroyed last week, but regenerated in the fire. And she's like, hey, Alaric, here's the necklace that wouldn't die. And he's like, how are you? 
And she's like, uh, I'm okay, I guess. And then he says the truest words that have ever been spoken. Jeremy is an idiot. <laughs> yes, thank you, Alarf. But then he immediately makes us barb by saying, and I know because I was a Jeremy. Ugh, we get better. Oh, my God. No. No, I refuse to. Rick is that. the pinnacle of manhood, right? Did Alaric have an affair with a ghost? I don't think so. No. We never get an Alaric prequel, so I don't know for sure. Although there is an Alaric sequel. Yeah. Or postquel now. I, yeah, sequel, I guess it's the proper word, right? Postquel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I'd make up words, you guys. I like postquel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, there. Uh, I guess we should acknowledge there is a new Vampire Diaries show that has started. It's a spinoff of the originals, but Alaric is in it. And having watched to the end of the Vampire Diaries, I understand the premise, but it would be a spoiler to say why. Okay. I also, it seems like there's a little questions. bit of Harry Potter mixed into it as well. Yeah, it's about a school for supernatural children, but... It would be a spoiler to tell more than that. So, Beth, do not look up the plotline of this show. You can watch it in four years. I'm sure it'll be going strong still at that time. <laughs> I hope I mean, so. I feel like just reading the summary, I've had some of the original spoiled for me, but I don't really care that much. Ah, uh, okay. But yes, Legacies is the show. I don't. Who, let's see how long it lasts. I didn't think the originals would last that long, but it did. How many seasons? I think five. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Not as many as. TVD, but imp- impressive nonetheless. Right. So anyway. I do like um, this scene because Alaric apologizes for the mess. And oh, yeah. Because like, yeah, it usually looks so nice in there. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, the wall is blown out. There's, like, shit everywhere. And he's, like, referring to the papers that he's shuffling around. It just it made me laugh. <laughs> he says he's gotten obsessed with these runes. <laughs> That was his favorite subject at Hogwarts, ancient runes. Yes. But he says that he wanted to look at the necklace again because he knew he recognized this one symbol. And it's one of the symbols on the cave wall was the design of the ugly-ass necklace. Whoa. And he realizes that it means witch because it was the original witch's talisman. Wow. So he has another That shit is old. So brilliant. Yeah. And then we go back to the boarding house where Rebecca has decided she wants to tell this story in Stefan's bedroom while going through his underwear drawer. Yes. So this is something that Damon has done to Elena multiple times in the past. So I was really happy to see that Rebecca was doing it to Stefan. Yes. So Rebecca pulls out um, Stefan's underwear and she's like, oh, boxer briefs. This is a lot different than what he was wearing in the 20s. LOL. And this was tragic because I realized I have something in common with Stefan. I also wear boxer briefs. They seem comfy. They are. Damn it, Stefan. <laughs> but Elena's very uncomfortable, but Rebecca's like, oh, please, tell me you've never wanted to snoop. I'm like, hasn't she snooped in there before? Isn't that how she found the picture of Catherine 1864? <laughs> it is, yes, you're right. She was just going through Stefan's shit then. But I guess the underwear door is just a bridge too far. Right, you need to Except travel Except being somewhere. done to her. <laughs> yeah. Then she's just whatever double standards y'all and this is where we get the like really seriously silly glossing over things explanation of why the original family was in virginia oh right before even the pilgrims yes so rebecca just starts spewing it out she's like all right lady here it is 
Oh, okay. So Elena's like, I thought that your family was landowners in Europe. Why would you come to America? And Rebecca's like, well, all right, then. (laughs) Please do this whole section in an English accent. I can't. can't. That's as much as I Or I guess it would be a a Viking Viking accent. accent. Do it in a Viking Viking accent. accent. A European Nordic accent. Um, Okay, so basically... There was a plague in Europe that... Yes, just in Europe. (laughs) Yes. Uh There was a plague in Europe that killed one of Rebecca's siblings before she was born. Yeah. And her parents were like, we need to get out of Europe. And they knew someone who lived in a mystical land where everyone was very healthy. And fast and strong. Yes. And this mystical land is Mystic Falls, Virginia. Yes, that... Rebecca quickly like mentions, oh, my mother knew the witch Ayana who had heard of this magical land. Yes, okay. And so the people who are so healthy and fast and strong were werewolves. So are they suggesting that all Native, Native Americans, Americans were werewolves? I guess so. There's not really any acknowledgement of Native Americans. They're not even there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're meant to believe that the Lockwoods are descendants of the werewolves there because you know the caves were on what became their property and they have the werewolf gene and i guess like tyler lockwood has dark hair <laughs> so maybe he's like i don't know maybe yeah. the native americans just uh, interbred with the settlers eventually but it seemed a little bit like whitewashing to me right i was kind of picking up like subtle vibes that they were trying to indicate that it was the native americans but why wouldn't they just say it and they didn't show any of them. No. But, I mean, it's also kind of tricky ground to go over because you don't want to... I mean, they've already said black people are witches, but... Right. Do we also just want to say, like, Native Americans are wolf beasts? That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Also, is this, like, a common werewolf folklore thing or is are they just ripping this off from twilight too that's a good question i didn't even think about that because yeah the werewolves in twilight are native americans yeah so i have no idea Mm, me neither i mean the show did come out in the shadow of twilight i feel yeah it wouldn't surprise me if they got it from twilight but i'm just curious because it has popped up twice if it was if there's like some folklore roots well, the but, other vampire shows that I know uh, okay. don't have that. Okay. And Buffy, you just have to get bit by a werewolf to become a werewolf. There's no, like, gene. Mm-hmm. And then in True Blood, it just seems kind of random, and it's all, like, white hillbillies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And Joe Manganiello. So, yeah, we don't really know exactly what they're trying to say there, but anyway, they went to werewolf land because... There was nowhere in the entire Eastern Hemisphere, apparently, that was safe from this plague. Yep. Was it the plague? I feel like the plague was after that. (laughs) The plague was after that, because this is... By many hundreds of years. Yes. I know history. (laughs) This is a pre-plague plague. Rebecca also has a comment of, like, this is stuff that wasn't in your history books. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Oh my god. Because it was, like, 500 years before... European, even like you know, they think that like the Vikings did get to like Nova Scotia or something like in like around this time, but no one ever made it all the way down to the 
to the Virginia area. They just scrubbed the records and only left the story in a cave. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that no one found until literally this episode. Yep. Right. So, Ayana, we get to see then, it was like the family wish. She was like the, the Emily or the Bonnie of their day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... You had a good question, Mike. Like, where the hell did she come from? How did she get there? Right. But we do get to see that, yes, even back then, black people were witches. I have written, Ayana, you burned me, but I don't remember why. <laughs> oh, because yeah. oh, uh, Rebecca, uh, I think. It was after the- they got turned. That's a little bit later, I think. Oh, I thought it was just like she randomly didn't want them touching her necklace. Oh, oh that's what that it might was. have been. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's One how we the learned. Kids, like touches how- the necklace. Okay. Yeah, that's how we learned that she's a witch. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Ayana was the witch who told them about America, and she came with them, I guess. And I guess is also there as their witch servant, which is really great. So, like, they weren't buddies with the werewolves, but they were like respectful neighbors. Until one day, Klaus and little brother Henrik <laughs> decided that they wanted to go and see the men turn into beasts. Because, like, it was the family's rule to, like, stay locked up on the full moon so nobody could get them. Mm-hmm. But these Which two I would like to come back to you after the, after <laughs> the reveal later. Oh, yeah. So they're like, we are white males. We can go into danger with no consequences. But oops, Henrik, little Henrik, who's probably like 10 years old, gets totally bit to death by a werewolf. Mauled to fuck, it looked Mauled, like. that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> bit to death. Yeah. So it, it truly was an animal attack. <laughs> the, it was. Maybe the first in Mystic Falls history. Wow. And maybe the only legitimate one in Mystic Falls history. <laughs> And everybody is hella sad and, like, sobbing, and it's terrible. Like, it would be very sad if my little brother, if I had one, got bit to death by a werewolf. Yes, for sure. And when Henrik's body is, like, returned, Esther, um, the mom goes out, and she's like, Ayana, like, what can we do about this? And Ayana's like, um, nothing. Your boy is gone. Sorry. R.I.P., bro. And we hop out of the flashback, and um, Rebecca's like... <laughs> Elena's phone is ringing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Damn it, Elena. I know. We could have stayed there forever. But yeah, Rebecca's pretty much like that was the beginning of the end of peace. And also our family's last moment as humans. So this was interesting because I didn't realize that they were still humans at this point. I just kind of assumed they were like born vampires or something. Nope. It did not happen till later. Right. But Rebecca is interrupted rudely by Elena's phone buzzing, and she's like, oh, that would be Damon checking up on you. And it sure was. Yeah, he is basically just calling to be like, are you okay? And she's like, where the fuck are you? Because she hears, like, music and shouting. And then she hears Stefan in the background, too. She's like, where are you? Is that Stefan? What the fuck's going on? And Damon's like, oh, yeah, I let Stefan out. No big deal. It's like, after all they went through to get Seven into that cage, after bringing Lexi's ghost in to, like, <laughs> starve him, Damon right? has just been like, eh. Yeah. Let's let him out. It's fine. He's a man with a plan. He made a uni- unilateral decision. Fucking Damon, man. Right. So, I guess they just needed that to, like, connect the two plots, because they hang up on the phone real quick, 
And Damon and Stefan walk up to the bar and immediately start flirting with a sexy bartender named Callie, whose name tag is at the top of her tube top, which I was like, that just seems so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is it Velcro? Is it safety pin down there? Like, I know. Ugh, I was concerned. Yeah. It was unfortunate. And Stefan makes a comment about how he wants to drink a blonde. Mm-hmm. And that Gross. was also unfortunate. It was. So Damon's like, I'll have a shot of some kind of liquor, and my brother will have a shot of you, and he compels her. Yeah. And she holds out her wrist, and Seven just starts drinking from her wrist in this bar full of people. It's like, did Damon already compel everybody in the bar? Yeah. I don't think so. They're, like, just so reckless with their attacks now. They don't, they don't care. Yeah. And nobody ever notices. Like, one person at one point in this episode notices Seven feeding on the bartender. Right. And everybody else is just fine. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention. Uh, That's probably a larger commentary on our society, to be honest. Indeed. Very deeply done Mm -hmm. by Fire Diaries. So then we go back to Stefan's room where Rebecca and Elena are continuing the story slash spat and Rebecca's pretty much like, listen, I just don't get you two as a couple. And Elena like has to go on the defensive. And I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. She was just kind of like, you don't know him like I do. And Rebecca's like, listen, he's a vampire. He is a beast. Like, and also like she knew him. Well, I guess she didn't know him longer than Elena did. I don't really know how long their time together in Chicago was. Yeah. But it's just like, that was a long time ago. So it seems like she's known him longer. Right. But they've known him at two different various stages of his, very different stages of his life. So who knows which one is more legit. And plus they are like the same type of entity, you know? Who? I think that she'd know how a vampire yeah. works. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Rebecca's pretty much like, vampires don't have time for silly little human lives. And then Elena claps back and she's like, who was worried about the homecoming dance again? And I was like, oh shit, this was like the best Elena moment we've gotten. Yeah, she had a good point there. Yeah. Rebecca's, like, did they have homecoming dances in the 1920s? I guess they had like formals or mixers or something. I don't even, I feel like that's... Yeah, they I had high school in the 1920s. <laughs> I was gonna say I everyone feel was like so busy working in the thing, but like I don't know why. I don't know. But the modern concept of a homecoming dance is something that Rebecca has already fixed on, fixated on, right? And Elena calls her out on it, and it's great. Which I don't know if I'm just from like a really boat on town, but like the homecoming dance thing wasn't a thing like in high school for me like 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 there was the homecoming queen that basically got picked like at the that football game or whatever and then there'd be a dance but it wasn't like a formal or anything it was just like go quick smoke weed and then go (laughs) go to the to the dance that night mike's such a rebel i was spencer's uh keychains oh my gosh i just remembered because you said smoke weed at the homecoming dance that the girl who played Miranda on Lizzie McGuire was, like, friends with somebody at my high school. What? And so my freshman year, she, like, came to the homecoming dance with him, apparently, and, like, left early to go smoke weed with the seniors. Wow. Whoa. And that was the story. She was a rebel. Yeah. 
not so Disney Channel, are we? A celebrity in our midst. It's like that episode of Saved by the Bell. Do you remember that one? Like where there's a, a guy that comes, like a big famous actor to come to like tell the kids not to do drugs and stuff. Oh, I don't remember that one. And then like they go to a party at his apartment later and everyone's <gasps> smoking the devil's weed and stuff. And then I only I remember think, Jesse Spano getting addicted to caffeine. Oh no, pills. yeah, this is a different, this isn't the famous caffeine pill episode. This was the famous actor smokes weed and it's a huge scandal episode of wow. of Saved by the Bell. Well, this podcast isn't about that show. Let's get back to the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> I did go to one homecoming at my school. We didn't have homecoming because Catholic school is weird and it's like, we don't uh, want to give any titles to anyone. Because well, Jesus. Yeah. Besides Pope and Cardinal <laughs> and Father. No, but literally we, <laughs> we like didn't have like superlatives or like... Oh, wow. Prom king like and queen, like or like anything like that. Well, we had a very formal homecoming dance. I went freshman year. The boy that I liked set me up with his friend. No, his friend was very nice. Well, that's good. We became friends. Okay, but it was our pictures were hilarious because we were the same height. Like I might have even in my shoes, I was maybe an inch taller than him. Uh-huh. And I'm very short, so it's like two very short people. So we couldn't do like the classic pose. Oh, we had to stand like facing each other and grasping each other's arms. Oh, I'll try to pick it up and post. <laughs> oh my god, please do! I would love to see it. <laughs> Sorry in advance, Anthony Ledesma. Uh, you were a very nice date. Anyway, all this coming. Yes, so Rebecca, vampires. Mm-hmm belching sorry (laughs) so vampires vampire diaries right so all this to say that we are led into yet another flashback because rebecca explains to elena listen that necklace wasn't stefan's to give you so Mm -hmm. we flashback to ayana um meeting with esther and michael Um, during the next full moon so probably a month after Henrik died yeah and pretty much Michael is demanding that Ayana and Esther find a way to protect their children from the werewolves and Ayana's like listen I'm not gonna do any of this spirit stuff because it's against nature and Michael's like okay well then Esther that leaves it to you so we find out that Esther is actually a witch as well. Yeah, and this whole time we're being led to believe that Ayana is the original witch they've been talking about this mm-hmm. whole time. But then we find out, oops, it was actually Esther. White people can be witches. Oh my god. I mean, if ninety eight percent of of the people or of the witches are black, there still has to be the white savior witch, <laughs> I guess, like the leader of them. That clearly has to be a white person. Oh my god. Yeah, and we also hear that Michael didn't only want to protect the family, he also wanted them to be even stronger than werewolves because he was so ragey and competitive. Right. And so what I learned from this flashback is that vampires exist all because Michael had a tiny dick. Yep. Pretty much. So good job, men. We also get a little nugget of information, which is that... uh, well, Elena asks Rebecca, oh, well, your mom is a witch. Does that mean you are? And she says, no, vampires can never be witches because they are the antithesis of nature. And witches are all about nature. Oh. 
So Good that seems know. like a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> They're an abomination, I believe. Oh, yes. An abomination of nature. Wow. Indeed. Yeah, so Rebecca pretty much recaps it that Michael wanted the family to live forever. He wanted them to be able to protect themselves and be strong. And Elena's like, well, why wouldn't Michael just move so that you guys would be safe? And Rebecca was like, oh, it was definitely a matter of pride. So it was just like disappointing for sure. Michael sucks. He sure did. So I think then we like hop back from this conversation into like part two of this flashback where we learn that in order to transition his children, Michael fed them wine with blood in it. Yeah. Then brutally stabbed them. Through the heart. Through the heart to kill them. Although and then, Klaus's wound looks more like it was his, in his stomach area later, but... <laughs> right. So did Rebecca's, I feel like. They both woke up and like they were like blood-stained in this area. In the abdominal In the region. abdominal yeah. area. Maybe hearts were lower back then. Probably. There's something you don't have in your science book, Claire. (laughs) Um, And then he woke them up and forced them to drink from some, like, poor maiden. Yeah. And I noted that at least they sliced her wrist open instead of the palm of her hand. Mm -hmm. And it awakened the bloodlust within Rebecca. She said it was euphoric. They also did just randomly mention the white ash tree or whatever, the oh, white yeah. oak tree, like, but they didn't the say anything that yeah the had the to, white oak tree. They weren't really specific about it until later. It was like the white oak tree, an eternal thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. To symbolize eternity. It was one of nature's eternal beings. I guess those trees can potentially live forever. I don't know. Seems uh, yeah. seems BS to me. Sure. But then Rebecca's like, but it wasn't all nice. Ayana was right. There were consequences. So nature and the spirits like imposed all these limitations. Like sun burns them. Vervain burns them because it grew around the white oak tree. And we also see that Esther was the one who created the original Etsy shop of jewelry that would <laughs> yes. and also their neighbors shunned them so that oh, yes. that's why they had to be invited into houses yeah but most importantly the tree of or the wood of the tree that made them could also kill them so they burned down the white oak tree wow so sad r.i.p oak tree you are not even remotely eternal <laughs> no so that was a lot of exposition basically why vampire rules exist Mm-hmm. And then we like have a really abrupt transition to the bar where Stefan and Damon are hanging out, and like people are dancing on tables and they're all dressed like rednecks and they're really just partying it up. And Stefan's going to town on Callie's neck, and Damon brings her a tiny scarf. Yes, he just pulls a tiny scarf off of one woman and hands it to another woman. Ugh. Stop the tiny scarf epidemic. <laughs> it's perpetuating vampire attacks. Okay. So in the bar two, I guess Stefan and Damon start talking again about Michael. Well, they're or talking Klaus. about how Stefan can't have any hope for changing because he's compelled to do Klaus's bidding. So as long as Klaus is alive, he isn't free and right. Klaus can't be killed. And then suddenly Michael shows up 
And he's like, I think I can help with that. Ah, yes. And I like to imagine that Michael's just been standing there the whole time waiting for a great (laughs) entrance line. Yes. Oh, totally. Seeing them, like, be so cavalier with their feeding frenzies and stuff and just being like, God damn it, these young idiots have been doing this. Well, I guess he's been asleep for a little while, but they're not very hard to track down. It just made me think of Tony Wonder on Arrested Development. Like, he has to sit in the dumbwaiter waiting for somebody to say the word wonder. (laughs) Uh, So good. So he has come to share his thoughts. Can't wait to hear them. Love you, Michael. What a great guy. Right. So before Michael really brings it down, we hop back over to Rebecca, who is now explaining to us why Niklaus or Nick or Klaus was the first hybrid. So she reminds us that Klaus has a different dad than she Mm. does and that Michael isn't really Klaus's dad and that Klaus's dad must have been some werewolf somewhere, right? Yeah, he was one of the werewolves in the town and that when Klaus first uh, killed somebody... After he became a vampire, it triggered his werewolf curse, and that was how Michael found out that he wasn't the real dad. Right. And so he hated Klaus even more after that. It seems like he already hated Klaus plenty, but now he super hates Klaus, and he has his heightened vampire rage, so he just, like, hates Klaus more. I thought it was alluded to that, like, he knew that that Klaus was was sort of, that Esther had had an affair with, with... one of the local werewolf people right away and that's why oh. he was always so hard on him yeah, but the other thing was that. i was wondering if if klaus might have killed his brother or whatever when they went out to watch the 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 people turn into werewolves that but he wasn't a werewolf yet. he wasn't but i forgot that i thought that he just had that if he had that gene he would mm. be a werewolf but he has to kill somebody first oh yeah to trigger the, the curse. I forgot about that part. R.I.P. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> I was going to say, what was Amy her Bradley. name? Sarah. So, moral of the story, Michael super hates Klaus, and that's why he's been hunting him specifically this whole time. Uh, Esther like tried to make it up to Michael by placing the hybrid curse so that he couldn't actually be a full werewolf, and then she shunned Klaus because for some reason she wanted her shitty husband to still like her. Yeah, that was sad. But then, apparently, Michael slaughtered half the village and ripped Esther's heart out of her chest in front of Klaus. So that... It didn't really work. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a horrible thing. Yep. And, uh, like, the rest of the family scattered, because... They really just show Klaus, Rebecca, and Elijah in these flashbacks, but mm-hmm. we're meant to believe that there are other siblings who just didn't happen to be around. For right, these yeah. And they scattered after that, and the other three stayed behind to bury their mom. And, and they made a pact to be with each other always and forever. Right, that they would never turn their backs on each other. The three of them till the end. And we see how well that worked out. Yeah, not so well. Where's Elijah? Elijah? in a coffin somewhere. Yep. Rebecca was in a coffin for 90 years. But Elena kind of brings that up, like, hey, Klaus stabbed you and put you in a coffin for 90 years. You still, like, want to hang out with him? Yeah. 
And Rebecca's like, listen, he's my brother and I'm immortal. Like, what do you want me to do? And we all have our flaws. I'm stubborn. He's a sociopath. What was the thing about? Oh, he hates when people disappoint him. He can't handle it. And she's done it multiple times. Like, don't blame yourself, Rebecca. He just sucks. Yeah, she describes her, her sibling's strongest qualities. She is stubborn. Klaus hates being disappointed. And Elijah is moral. <laughs> that was weird. Okay. And she also calls him Elijah. Yeah. It's not just Klaus. It's I their Viking it's accent. Elijah. Elijah. And also, moral. Like, Elijah is probably like the... Elijah, I'm sorry. is probably like the the most um one that you could relate to. But, like, he he gave people a lot of, like moral quandaries to to uh, deal with back in season two like i'll either kill elena or kill other people there were like some points where he threatened to to murder people weren't there and he rips hurts out of chest a few times yeah. yeah i think with elijah it's like he, like he has his own personal sense of morality and like an honor code like he doesn't lie mm-hmm. he always keeps to his word except that one time when he decided not to kill klaus <laughs> yeah oh that was a Ugh, that really backfired on all of us, didn't it? Sure did. I've missed Elijah. It was so nice to see him. It was. Silly wig. <laughs> but, yeah, so basically Rebecca is saying that she deserved to be stabbed by Klaus and that she would rather have a shitty brother than be all alone. Which is really sad. And then Elena says the stupidest thing of, like, the many stupid things she's said in her life, which is, I'm still looking for one good reason not to wake Michael. Like, maybe because he got so mad that he slaughtered half the village and his wife. Like, you don't want that guy, like, fighting for your team. Like, Elena. I know. Elena was, like, spacing out this whole time and, like, didn't pay attention to the story. That's the only explanation. She's just blinded by her hatred for Klaus. Why shouldn't I wake up Michael? She asks her that question, like, a thousand times and receives... 12,000 answers that are all legit. But she's just like, but wait, why don't you want to wake up, Michael? <laughs> like, oh my god, Elena. Right. Did you hit your head? But anyway, Rebecca gets fed up. She's like, listen, bitch, if you kill my brother, I will rip you to pieces. Yeah, and she's not fucking around. Because she knows that Elena's plan is to get Michael to kill Klaus, and mm-hmm. she's not down, even though Klaus is a jerk. We learned so much in those couple of scenes right there. We it's sure bananas. did. So and then, then we, if we weren't sure how crazy Michael was uh, and how full of rage full of rage he could be, we're brought to the next scene where he's <laughs> playing a game with uh with Stefan and and Damon. Yeah, he he's... like gets up close to David and like puts his hand gently to like caress his neck. And I was like, ooh, it's getting sexy up in here. But then he plunges his hand into his chest and is like, I'll rip his heart out if you don't tell me where Klaus is. Because he's been trying to find ways to ask Stefan where Klaus is that he can actually answer despite his compulsion. And mm-hmm. Stefan's like, listen, he told me not to say shit, so I can't say shit. Right. But Michael decides to test it by putting Damon's life on the line, a quandary Stefan has faced many times over. And Stefan holds out for a couple minutes, but Michael keeps giving him second chances. And when he's finally about to rip Damon's heart out, uh, Stefan's like, 
I can't tell you where he is, but I can lure him back to Mystic Falls for you. And Michael's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So I really believe that Stefan's plan is to text Klaus and say, you up? (laughs) (laughs) And then Klaus will come running back at werewolf vampire speed. Yes. But we see that despite his humanity being off allegedly and all his bullshit that Stefan just can't let Damon die. It happens over and over. Their bond is stronger than anything in this world. Indeed. Even though they kind of hate each other. And um, Michael pretty much says in this scene that he's going to drive a stake through Klaus's heart when he sees him in Mystic Falls. And if that doesn't work out, then he will kill Stefan. Yep. What a guy. Good times. So then we go back to the cave where Bonnie and Alaric and Elena are hanging out and trying to decipher some final runes. And they see one that's like a symbol of the witch with a bleeding heart and then a symbol they don't understand and then an upside down symbol meaning that the witch is dead. And Elena puts the pieces together because suddenly she's very smart. Yes. She's like, oh my god, Rebecca doesn't know the truth about how her mom died. So she runs back to the Salvatore boarding house to be like, listen, Klaus is the one who killed your mom. LOL. Yeah, she's like, here are all of these photocopied pictures from the cave. The hybrid <laughs> killed the original. Sorry, See, it's, it's part werewolf, part vampire. That <laughs> yeah, can she- only mean one thing. So she's like, yeah, so you know that Michael ripped Esther's heart out because Klaus said he saw it, right? Oops, he lied. He was the one who did it because he was real mad that she put the hybrid curse on him and stopped talking to him to try to save her marriage. Wow. Womp womp. But Rebecca's like, no, it can't be true. (laughs) I'm going to throw these photocopied pages in the fire and put my hand around your throat like we do in Mystic (laughs) Falls. You don't know what you're talking about. Those are drawn by people who don't know my family. Yeah. That was a perfect impression. She defaced boners and starts crying, and it's very sad. It is. I felt so bad for Rebecca. I did, too. She's just, like, so desperate to, like, have somebody in her life, and everybody's just constantly fucking her over. I know. Especially Klaus. Goddamn. And Elena tries to push this, like... Klaus has brought so much misery to you and to us, and we need to stop him. And I'm like, maybe just let this stew with her for a minute before you go to, like, help us kill your brother. Right. Yeah. Like, you saw how well it, ha- it worked when Elijah was, like, super excited about killing Klaus, but still, like, his brotherly bullshit wouldn't let him. I know. All of these sibling ties. Yeah. And speaking of sibling ties, we then go to Stefan and Damon, like, casually walking down the street... And having one of their, like, classic deflecty denial conversations, like, oh, guess you can't really let me die. Oh, no, I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. Oh, yeah, sure, brother. Mm-hmm. But Stefan is claiming that he didn't want to let Damon die because it would help him. Because if he gets free from Klaus, then he can leave and never see any of them again. And Damon's like, that's bullshit. And he reveals that he feels obligated to help Stefan because it's his fault that Stefan is in this situation to begin with because we might remember what feels like a million years ago. The only reason that Stefan was with Klaus was in exchange for the cure to the werewolf bite. Wow. So 
they're basically trying to deny to each other that they super love each other for this whole scene. And it's like, stop. I don't want to get to Wireman yet. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But basically, they super love each other and don't want to say it. Yep. It's the same old song and dance. Yeah. And then Damon punches Stefan in the face because he's having a feeling. <laughs> yep. And then Stefan laughs. Yeah. As you do. And then a really cheerful song starts playing over a scene of Rebecca sobbing in front of the fire. <laughs> yes, we just check in on her for like two seconds, but it was so out of place. I felt like she was, it showed her sobbing for a long time. Oh, did it? She was like really having a moment. Oh, I felt like it went by fast, but I don't know. Maybe it just seemed longer because the music was so slow. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> so like everybody's bummed out right now. Elena comes home to find Damon is in her bed again. Creepy. At least she wasn't in it first, but still, get the fuck out. And she just seemed too tired to even, like, tell him to get out. It was sad. She's just resigned to it at this point. Like, Damon's going to be in her bed if he feels like it, and she's just going to pretend he's not there. Right. So he wants to, like, recap what he learned today, and she recaps what she learned. And they make, Damon mentioned something like, oh, I guess Catherine came through. And I'm like, where's Catherine? Last we saw, she was getting drank by Michael. Right. So Catherine came through because she awoke Michael, I guess. Okay. And that's how Michael found them at the bar. And so this whole time, Elena has been saying to Rebecca, why shouldn't we wake Michael? Knowing full well that, like, they had already found Michael and Catherine was waking him up. So, I don't know. Yeah. It was stupid. It was. I just wish that Catherine was there. I miss her. (laughs) Me too. But I'm not worried because I don't think anything could take Catherine down. (laughs) Well, we'll see. And one of the stupidest things about this scene is that Elena is not at all mad at Damon about freeing Stefan. No. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit at all. She She seemed like a little annoyed when... When it first happened, she was like, was that Stefan? And oh, Damon had to be like, I have a plan. Don't worry. These mm-hmm. things always work out, right? Yeah. And so Damon's here, like, expecting to get yelled at. And he's, like, surprised but pleased that Elena just is too exhausted by his shenanigans to care. Right. And he says that Stefan is more of a dick than usual, but he's a dick that's on our side. I guess you gotta take what you can get. Small victories. And then Elena said that she thinks that she has gotten Rebecca on their side. And she gives this little, what Mike called a yearbook quote about how Rebecca is just a girl who lost her mom too young um, and loves blindly and and recklessly. recklessly. Over identify much? I know. It's like she was talking about herself, you guys. So Elena and Rebecca are twinsies, and they have the same taste in men. Yep. So there's that. I mean, we've kind of seen that before, that, you know, Stefan has loved both of these women. They must have something in common. Mm -hmm. But then Elena is, like, very sleepy and lying in the bed with Damon, facing him and being like, I'm not bad because I think you're going to be the one to save Stefan. It's not going to be his love for me. It's going to be his love for you. Wow. It's like, that's a pretty big change for Elena, who this whole time has been like, you're going to lose me forever, Stefan. Or if you loved me enough, you wouldn't do this. Right. But she's finally like, well, fuck. He cares more about his bro. 
bros before girlfriends. Yeah. I'm not going to say the real phrase. And that was that. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, please, please, please kick him out of your bed. But she doesn't. And she falls asleep. And he just, like, smells at her gently. I know. That was creepy. I feel like the whole scene, like, this is shit that Damon has pulled time and time again. So this is just classic Damon. And she's always at least, like, put up a mild fight about it. And he's expecting the whole time that she'll be yelling at him about Stefan yelling at him to get out of her room, out of her bed, but she is just, like, letting him stay there, and he's like, whoa. Right. There's something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> and it may just be, like, Stockholm Syndrome or exhaustion, but... Yeah. He's pleased. He is. I felt like Elena just seemed very, very tired in yeah. this scene. She was quite sleepy. Yeah. I found it relatable. <laughs> but if there was a man in my bed who I had not invited there... There's no amount of sleepiness that would allow me to keep him there. No, certainly not. So that was kind of a a very calm ending to a crazy episode. Usually there's a cliffhanger, but now it's just like, we're tired. Yeah. Let's go to sleep. I feel like they gave us so much information. They were like, okay, we can't overload the viewers with more at this point. Everybody needs a nap. Yes. (laughs) Or to sob by the fire. If you're Rebecca. To cheerful music. She'll get over it eventually. (laughs) So, Mike's favorite episode of The Vampire Diaries. How did we feel? You know, it. I remember the first time I watched it being so much more blown away by the flashbacks and stuff that the second time I was like, when does the cool stuff that I remember happening happen? That's not to say it wasn't a bad episode or that it was a bad episode. I thought it was... It was cool, but it wasn't as cool as that first time I saw it, I feel like. Well, there are a lot of reveals, so there once are. you already know, it's not as exciting. Exactly. It's like you find out that Michael is their dad, and you find out that their mom is the original witch. Like, that's huge. It is huge. It's like the whole show has been leading up to this, I feel like. And the wigs. Yeah. The wig game. Oh, oh my, my God, God, the wigs. They need to have some drag queens on the costuming staff, I think, to deal <laughs> with that situation. Yeah. It was not okay. <laughs> I mean, I love any episode that has Elijah in it, and not only was Elijah in it, but Jeremy wasn't. I know. That's a why this episode plus. was so great. Like, that's why or it Matt. was your favorite episode. Yeah, no or Matt. Matt. Yeah. No Tyler. No Vicky's ghost. <laughs> R.I.P. Vicky. Yeah, the ghosts are gone now, mm-hmm, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No more ghosts. But yeah, I love a flashback episode, and this one was jam-packed. I just love when they go to, like, different time periods. Mm -hmm. And, like, this one I felt like was more ridiculous than any of the others because we didn't know exactly what year it was. And I feel like a lot of what they had in the cabins and in terms of weaponry was just too advanced for what time it was supposed to be. Their clothes also seemed, like, slightly too modern. Yeah, like, the the dress that she's wearing in the opening scene is, like... Not in, like, like in the 1100s, people were wearing, like, literal rags most of them, <laughs> yeah. unless they were, like, royalty. Right. Yeah. But this is a fantasy show, and they shouldn't even have been in America in the first place, so <laughs> we, we just had to suspend our disbelief. So true. <laughs> so, yeah, another great one. We're really, like, turning the corner into the next chapter of this season, like, we put the ghosts behind us. Now we're really talking about the original family and, like, how we're going to kill Klaus. Like, last season was all about how we're going to kill Klaus, but now it's, like, new plans. Right. 
and new players. And that's why, like, I feel like I confuse season twos and two and three sometimes because, like, the whole Klaus subplot is like a a pretty large carryover from yeah. then. It's still going on now in this season. Yeah, the one constant is everybody always just wants to kill him. Yeah. (laughs) He hasn't been around for a few episodes. Like, we saw him in the flashbacks this week, but he's been out of town. Yeah, do we know where he went? No, because Stefan can't tell. Right. It's like he knew that they were looking for Michael, so he skedaddled and left Rebecca behind to fend for herself. Lovely. But she she can wield a sword if she wants to. She'll be fine. Yes, I love Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's jump right into our segments, I guess. Uh, who you want to punch? <sighs> this one is an easy pick for me, but Mike, I'll let you go first. All right, sure. Um, I was definitely going to go with... At first I was going to go with Michael, but I think I'm going to go with Nicola, Nicholas because... Uh, Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> Nick Klaus, right? Yep. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit out of it right now. Um, but yeah, Nicklaus, because like, you know, just how how badly he's been like leading Rebecca on yeah. for literally a thousand years. Like everything yeah. that she thought she knew about him was a lie. And that's still not enough for her to like still totally be like, OK, maybe he is an asshole and let's go get him. No. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And he killed their mom just because, like, he wanted to be a hybrid. And then blamed it on Michael, who also not a glowing guy, but... Yeah, I mean, Michael sucks. No, he does suck, totally. But still, but, but like, but just, I don't know. It's That's some some mental subterfuge on on a sibling if there isn't one. Think about how mad I get if somebody lies to me about, like, something small. Can you imagine that and how long it lasts? Like, you lived a thousand years with... If my brother killed our mom, I would be so pissed. Yeah. At any rate, I think that's a good choice, Mike. I was going to pick Klaus, um, but since you punched him, I'm going to punch someone else. um, And I'm going to pick Michael. Good. Um, Michael sucks. He was an abusive father in the 1100s in Virginia. Even before he became a vampire. Yep. Um, and he, I mean, we'll have to just skirt into wireman territory here a little bit to explain why I want to punch him. But the fact that he wanted to convert his family into vampires for protection and basically to protect his pride... Um, it's just gross and disappointing, and it led to all of this disaster and suffering over his manly pride, which is disgusting. Agreed. Ugh. Who do you want to punch, Claire? Uh, I mean, you got the two big ones, yeah. so I guess I'll punch Damon. <laughs> That's good. I was toying with it. I'm like, I can't skip Michael to punch Damon, but I, I agree. I just like am so furious because nobody else is mad about him letting Stefan out, like, regardless of how it turns out, just thinking about, like, it took them two episodes to get Stefan into that dungeon. It took the ghost of Lexi becoming corporeal to smash him into a car (laughs) and drag him into that basement. She, like, used her mental vampire powers to make him feel like he hadn't fed in two years. And they he just undid all that work because he 
felt like he wanted to go to a bar with his brother. Right. And even if it works out, like, I don't care. He didn't consult anybody. He was just his classic Damon, like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And I'll get away with it and get to, like, almost snuggle with my crush at the end of the episode. He got off so easy for some bullshit in this episode, so I feel like I need to touch him. I, I agree. That's a good choice. Like, he has been worse on this show, but... It just makes me so mad that nobody was mad at him about this tor- terrible thing that he did. I know. And I feel like the way that people treat each other in this show is very much and based on whatever their actions outcomes are and not necessarily the actions themselves. Yeah. Like if he hadn't, you know, found Michael and connected with Stefan, like what would have what would have happened then? I yeah. don't know. Like if Stefan had just gone and murdered a hundred people. Right. Which could totally happen. <laughs> yeah. So those are some solid punches. Uh, who do we want to high five? Do my... you want to go first? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to high five Rebecca. <laughs> Good choice. Excellent. Yes. Because she can wield a sword if she fucking wants to. And she can slice her brother's palm as a slam to the patriarchy. So good. So good. And she deserves a better family. A thousand percent. Like, Elijah probably was a better brother to her, but who knows when the last time they saw each other was. Yeah. I do wonder why she's not asking, like, where's Elijah? But she probably knows not to question Klaus. She is basically in an abusive sibling relationship with Klaus. And it sucks. And she has a lot going for her, but she doesn't have, like, the self-confidence, I feel like, to just strike off on her own but she should because she can Mm -hmm. and I just want her to have a friend and I just like that she was wielding a sword a thousand years ago yeah it's awesome with flowers in her hair (laughs) (laughs) good choice Mike who do you want to high five I don't know I'm gonna go with our with our with Alaric because who knew he was (laughs) Virginia's foremost rune and viking scholar and cave drawing scholar right so smart so smart was able to crack that code and he was geeking out which was kind of cute and someone did his hair for once and it looked good (laughs) yeah it did look better than it has that's who i was gonna pick just because of his like random runic language knowledge it was really funny and because he called jeremy an idiot yes also Although, I mean, honestly, the, the runes weren't that hard to figure <laughs> out. Like, Rebecca was basically Rebecca, but with, Ooh, like, with like U's and, like, a couple other things. But he, like, just walked in there. Like, he was in there for, like, five seconds, and he's like, look at that, look at that, look at that. I don't know. It was funny. So you I guess Rick- I have to choose now, and I wholeheartedly agree with both of your choices. Is there anyone else I want to high-five? I think I'm going to high-five Elena. Nice. She was problematic in this episode in multiple portions, but she kind of took things into her own hands in this episode and kind of gave people some shit. Um, She had the good quip. The good quip about homecoming. It was really good. And I enjoyed her kind of like defending her and Stefan's relationship to Rebecca. And um, yeah, she just kind of made some de- decisions for herself this episode. It's and always nice when she shows agency and isn't just like 
wondering which brother she wants to kiss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And she sure did this episode, so it's good. I'm into it. You know what I'm not into? Men. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am into men. Well, but yes. why are men? <laughs> uh, why? Oh my god. There's a lot to unpack this episode. I think. Um, yeah. Around Klaus and Michael. Mm-hmm. So to start off with Klaus, uh, his abusive relationship with Rebecca is very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that the cave drawings are accurate and that he is the one who killed his mother. Yeah. Although who drew that one? Right. <laughs> did he like go to the cave? And maybe he did. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a, or like a vampire weird trait because we know that Stefan had his oh, yeah. had his had wall of names. So maybe he was like, "Well, I killed my mom. Got to go write it, jot it down diary. in the cave diary." That was the original vampire diary. You guys. <laughs> wow! Oh, I'm shook. Oh my god! Wow. Anyway, go on. Um, but yeah, I feel like Klaus was and Michael are kind of like the original toxic masculinity of this whole vampire werewolf subculture. Yeah. Um, and that a lot of pain and suffering came from their selfish actions, which was born out of pride and fear. Yeah. And in this telling of the vampire werewolf saga, the ancient feud between vampires and werewolves was all because Michael was wounded and emasculated by his wife cheating with a werewolf. Yeah. Wow. And that sucks. <laughs> it does. Michael just sucks so much. He does. Even though he doesn't actually suck anymore, he only drinks vampires. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's... Yeah, it, definitely those two, even though they're not blood-related, like he seems to have passed down some of his assholery and abusive nature to his fake son. Yeah. Nature and nurture, man. And even like with his way to uh, to to rectify the the problem that he feels responsible for, still like I feel depends a lot on his own pride. Like he feels so responsible for for the vampire thing that like his way of making amends is to hunt down all the vampires. Yeah, Michael, you know, like. And he still seems fixated on Klaus in particular because. As Rebecca said in the episode, Klaus was like the symbol of his shame that mm-hmm. he was cuckolded. Yeah. And it's like, he has... The world's first beta or whatever the fucking alt-right... <laughs> oh, God. No. Men's right bullshit no. is. Uh, yeah, he, if there was a Reddit in cave time, <laughs> Michael would have been all over it. He would have. Um, yeah. And just like, all of this coming down to like, his ownership of this woman being thrown into question and his obsession with like eliminating the proof of that Mm -hmm. and the secondary desire to like kill his other children it's fucked up it is it's some real family drama and circling back to the Stefan and Damon scene the fact that like they can't just express their feelings to each other is this thing where men are not comfortable admitting they have feelings or being open about their emotions because society tells them that men don't cry, mm-hmm. men are stoic, they 
don't feel they're not emotional and soft like women and so they're just like emotionally constipated and can't like have an honest conversation with another man right and it ends up with them like fighting each other yeah they have to express it by physically beating each other yeah Uh, it's it's sad and it's like we talk about why are men and how men suck and it's like this stuff hurts men too so men should be on this train with us like we don't want them to have to feel that way exactly let men feel let men have conversations with each other about feelings it's okay let men have healthy relationships yeah Mike. yeah <laughs> mike is crying now. i am crying mostly because of allergies but also because <laughs> because that was just so moving claire thank you <laughs> do you have any reflections to add on the actions of men in this episode just so much pride stuff. <laughs> so much pride stuff. Yeah, but I'm, and not I'm the fun so pride. articulate today, you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like most of the wire men stuff was just very explicit in this episode. It, it was. Even There's nothing you really analyzed. have to unpack, right? So it feels like we should have more to talk about, but it, it pretty much makes its own case. Yeah, it's on its nose for sure. All right, well, that brings it to the best, yes. Um, Who should have done it, Mike? Uh, Who should have? I feel like Rebecca needed needed some some loving, and the only person she was really with this episode was Elena. So I think maybe, I mean, they have a lot in common. Yeah. So maybe they should have done it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Agreed. That was actually what I was going to say. I think it's a good one. Especially given their sordid past stuff. And... Rebecca needs some healing mm-hmm. from somebody who understands her. And Elena's the closest as she's going to get right now. They can both <laughs> pretend the other is Stefan. <laughs> it's fun. They can do some role play. Totes. All right, Claire. Who do you think should have done it? Hmm. Well, since I was going to say the same thing, I'm going to say Elijah... And his wig. Nice. Because it seemed like it was long enough <laughs> to help him out. Yes. And I have nothing else. And and it had a half pony in it, and it was very ugly. I just picture Elijah, <laughs> like, taking his wig off at night and using it as, like, a sexual aid. Because back in those days, they didn't really have flashlights or anything. Yeah. I don't know. I really am at a loss. Because this episode was mostly about family members relationship right. with each other. <laughs> and unlike some people, I do not find it sexy to imagine brothers doing it with each other. Yeah, no, so, no. Elijah thanks. and his wig. It's weak, but I also just want to say Elijah. <laughs> no, I wanted to say Elijah and me, but that isn't really possible. Eh. Anything's possible in this universe. <laughs> All right. All right, Beth, your turn. I w- I'm going to take a similar approach because um, I was going to say... Alaric and his knowledge of ancient languages. Oh my god. Do you, How many times do you think that Alaric has jerked off in that cave by now? Probably <laughs> like 400. He's like, he's like, ooh, I know what this means. Runes. Like, <laughs> White ash tree. Just ever since all of the episodes about Isabel's research living in boxes at Duke, like every time Alaric even gets close to academia, I just start laughing, and this episode was perfect, so Uh that's my choice. I like it. (laughs) 
Yeah, so, it's hard to come up with ones this time because a lot of the regular characters weren't even on the episode. Right. We were working with a limited cast. Yeah. Gotta get creative. <laughs> so that wraps up this episode. Uh, we've got some good stuff coming up. Wondering where some of our favorite characters are, what they've been up to. Like, what was Caroline doing this week? I don't know. Being awesome somewhere. Off being a hero. <laughs> Jeremy's probably sketching horrible drawings in his room. <clears throat> He's probably watching Ghost. <laughs> or Ghost World. <laughs> and crying while masturbating. <laughs> R.I.P. again, Anna. Yeah. We didn't deserve, you didn't deserve that. <laughs> so we'll have to catch up with the rest of our crew next week and uh, see what everybody's going to do for the homecoming dance, which I believe is the theme of next episode. Oh my god, Oh, yes. it was, West. yeah. So, very excited for that. Let's see if uh, Rebecca wears the dress she picked out. Yeah, or if she so. goes for a second round and finds something that isn't ugly. <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, uh, if you have anything you want to share with us, uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, we actually got a very nice comment on our SoundCloud page. Oh, we did. That we were very excited about. Uh, the comment was from Kate Zeeland, who says, wow, please continue to do this. I'm so excited to have found you guys. Love from Malaysia. Wow. I'm Malaysia. so excited that people in Malaysia have the Vampire Diaries to entertain them and that they listen to us. So Me thank too. you. We loved your comment. Thanks so much. Yes. And if you want to give us a comment, you can apparently do that on SoundCloud. Yep. You can do it on Twitter at the VD Diaries uh, and on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You can also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. And as we mentioned, we know we've been slacking a little bit in the uploading of Instagram uh, images and videos lately, but we're back on that train now. And we've got so much to share with you this week. We do. So check that out. And you can always uh, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, as we said, Mm -hmm. uh, Stitcher, other podcast apps and things. And please give us a listen and rate and review us if you would be so kind. Yes, we would love that. We haven't had a new review in a while. And you know, narcissists like us always want to hear what you got to say. Totally. So hit us up and we'll hit you back in a nonviolent way. (laughs) so until next time we have loved going on this journey to viking times with you Uh, if you have any siblings who have claimed to have seen your parents murder you want to trust but verify and always make sure to set your wig in the correct position on your head great advice he's He's a a ripper. ripper mozzarella